From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunter Vandy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It's Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, Mike Norvell, Coach of the Year? Question mark. What's the game plan going to be for Tate Rodemaker and the over-unders for the $25 gift card up for grabs over at WarChant.com? Wake Up War Champ presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. CPTallyBar.com is the website. QR code takes us to the website. Or I can just read you the lunch special right now, which is what I'll do because I love you folks. Fridays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., Chicken strip basket, hand breaded, served with a dipping sauce or tossed in a sauce of your choosing. And it comes with a side dish of your choice. Straight fries, curly fries, onion rings, potato salad, coleslaw, broccoli, side salad, tater tots, or freshly cooked potato chips. Can't go wrong. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, Tallahassee, Florida. Catch the game there this weekend. If you're not going to make it down to Gainesville, if you're not going to make it to Charlotte, Check out the ACC championship game with all your Noel brethren at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. But if you will be in Charlotte next week, we'll have an official meet and greet event. Corey, here you go. Mm. Uh, this is news to you, too. I just got the message from hot uh, off the presses. Hot, hot off the presses, presses. From our guy, Tom Lang. Resident Culture on the south end. It's called Resident Culture, 332 West Bland Street. This is an event run by the Charlotte Seminole Club. So we're just going to tag along and kind of co-brand, if you will, and say hi. So the event starts at 6 o'clock officially. Uh, we'll start the meet and greet at 6.30. There'll be a DJ, uh, entertainment. Um, so I don't know if they're going to have like microphones and everything like we try to have over at Hooch, uh, but we'll be there. Uh, yeah, we, I don't think we're, we're not doing a live broadcast or anything. We're just there to say it. it's a, much like what we do at Corner Pocket, yeah. I think, on those Fridays. We're just going to say hello, come and say hello. You can meet Aslan, myself, Jeff, Ira, Stephanie, Ooh, the whole uh-huh. gang. Yeah. Some pillars, I'm sure some pillars will be in attendance. So come come stop by and say hello. Yeah. All right, let's get to the rest of these questions on the Renegade Express mailbag. Uh, hope you all had a great holiday. It's Christmas time now. We've got the, the Santa hats on our, mm, on our show right. logo right now because I, uh, for as grumpy as I am, I love the holiday season. I love it. Almost as much as I love you folks. Let's start off with Candy Knoll. Uh, candy with an eye. Wake up. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. I was going to ask this last week, but I missed the cutoff. But now it's probably a totally different answer. Looking forward, what else does Coach Mike Norvell have to do to lock down Coach of the Year? Is he uh, is he not a viable candidate? I can't imagine why not. Who else would be more deserving? I'm feeling good about the Tater and this team going forward. Go Knowles beat the Gators. When he go when he runs into the end zone for a touchdown. Can we call it a tater trot? Ooh. Trot in. One, two, three, two, one. Trot in there. Tate. <laughs> tater trot. Is tater, that a tater trot? Tater, tater trot yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying a tater trot. It's not bad when, when he gets up, when he runs for the first downs or the touchdowns. Yeah, that is good. Um, I assume we're talking about ACC Coach of the Year. No, and, I think Coach of the Year nationally, no? She would have said oh, ACC maybe. Coach of the Year. Um, I don't think he's going to win either. Um, Florida State. Coaches don't typically do that. I, if they go 13-0, and if they beat Louisville with a backup quarterback, um, 
to win the I, – I, I think he should at least win ACC Coach of the Year, but I can almost assure everyone listening to this, that has already been wrapped up. It's going to Jeff Brom. Yeah. It's not going to Mike Norvell. It's just how these vote, this voting works. Uh, you give it to the team that exceeded expectations, not the ones that met them. Um, so it, no matter who wins that game in Charlotte, Jeff Brom is going to be the ACC Coach of the Year almost assuredly. What do you think nationally? I know it's, it's a, a much bigger picture, but you know you probably aren't thinking about uh, America's coach Jim Harbaugh being in the mix. Probably, uh, yeah, that wouldn't that be something? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think maybe like Kalen DeBoer maybe be in the mix. Maybe Jet Fish, uh, what he's kind of done in Arizona. Uh, if they finish with wins, yeah, it's probably it's it's always people like that. Everybody, it's not like well, I guess the TCU guy won it last year, right? Um, and they made the playoffs. Sonny Dykes. Not, yeah. Sonny Dykes. It's not typically a, uh, a a national championship contending team who wins the wins the national coach of the year. It's somebody that came from horrible places to respectability, like like in Arizona or Kirk hey, Signetti. Even though James, or, what about lost. Dion? <laughs> Dion quadrupled their win total from last year. Give it to him. I know they're on a six game losing streak. What are you going to do? You still should give it to him just because he saved college football. Um, yeah, I, I think it would probably be somebody like a Jed Fish, right? That Arizona was so bad. And people just will lose sight because of the name that it is Florida State. They they will lose sight of the fact of how bad Florida – you know, Florida State was as bad three years ago as Arizona. Yeah. Uh, maybe worse. And then here they are now two wins away from playing for a, in the playoff. But, yeah, you're. I just don't – the way these things work, I, I would be stunned if Norvell even got consideration for it, which he should, but he won't. I mean, I don't know if they released like the Bobby Dodd finalist list, but I wouldn't be shocked if he was on that. But I get your point. Like it's it's Florida State, and there were ten wins last year, and they were yeah. preseason. Were we pre? We were in preseason top five, right? Clemson or LSU preseason was. top eight though, yeah. right? Or top yeah. not top yeah. ten? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think we'd all give it up though, uh, Mike would as well uh, for two more dubs. So, yep. not that you want yep. that instead either, Candy. But you know, it was a good question though. Yeah. I, yeah, I, when Jimbo was never able to win it, I just kind of checked out on those awards. I was like, whatever. You just you have to do something just incredibly crazy, like you know. Jimbo Sonny got Dexter two last. votes out of out of like fifty seven votes. Jimbo got two votes in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, and David Cutcliffe got the rest for uh, winning seven games in the Coastal. Warpath Noel, wake up, guys! Who are your most hated Gator players of all time? Man. I don't know where who's long, who, long who, list, who do huh? I like? It's probably easier. Uh, yeah, Shannon Snell, uh, Shane Edge. I don't even like their punters. Shane Edge had an edge to him, I should say. Yeah. Like he tried to pick fights with Florida State players occasionally. Um, Tim yeah. Tebow, obviously. I mean, far I Doug just, Johnson. Doug Johnson. Yeah. Not only did he did he cost Florida State a national title in '97. Well, I guess you could say Fred Taylor too. Uh, but he hit up. He threw a ball at Bowden's face before mm. the fight. Coward. Six. Yeah. Um, uh, and I don't know if he threw it at Bowden. It just hit Bowden. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's weird because the real answer, other than Tebow, that's too easy. And also, Florida State wasn't good when Tebow was doing what he did. So that doesn't matter though. Just the way he was celebrated, the way he. No, I know, know. but like he, he didn't cost you championships. I, so that's I guess that's the lens I look at it through. Is Noah like, Brindice. Who, who, who? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Brendice and Doug Johnson cost you a championship. Fred Taylor, Jacquez Green, Riedel Anthony. Those guys cost you titles. 
And so that's where that's where my animosity towards them comes from. Tebow is just this is ridiculous. It's way too much. But he wasn't he wasn't actively keeping Florida State from adding to the trophy case. So that's I look at it more through that lens of the people that that delivered the most anguish and pain to young Corey Clark. It's the Redell Anthony's and Jacques Greens and quite frankly the Danny Werfels of the world. Who Danny Werfel, much like Warwick Dunn, uh, seems like just a great person, a great human being. But much like Florida fans got sick and tired of Warwick Dunn running all over them and scoring touchdowns, we got really sick and tired of Danny Werfel too. Oh. All right. Um, Eddie Panero, I don't like him as a kicker. Okay. Uh, yeah, I could, I could, every position. I should probably, we should have done like our, our most hated. I, I would have been able to like roll out a starting 22. You know. Oh, yeah, every position. Yeah. Sure. So maybe next year. Maybe next year. But right. hey, <laughs> yeah. we got bowl games to prepare for over here, mm. unlike some others. Uh, well, knock on wood, buddy. They they could get there. You're right. You're right. You're right. Winkles, wake up, my dudes. I think it's important we see what Tate is made of, but I think the most important piece of this puzzle is how the run game steps up. We all know Tate can sling it, but he's going to need Benson and Toa Feely and that offensive line to step up their game. 11 games in, we kind of know who they are, but they really need to get to that next level for Tate's sake and for the team's success if they want to get the ACC crown and punch a ticket to the Final Four. Mm. Agreed, but I kind of think after you just kind of said it in the in the post, like we're 11 games in, we kind of know what they are, and they're just not great at running the ball. And I don't know why that would change now, even against uh, this horrible defense. That, that will be dead set on putting a lot of dudes at the line of scrimmage to stop the run and to pressure your quarterback. So it's just, I feel like it's going to be hard. You might hit one. If you get to do that first wave, Benson could go 70 for sure. But a consistent chain-moving running attack has just not been, it's not been it's part of the you. offense this year. It's yeah. But what if, you, what if you've got Bless back at left tackle or Rob Scott's at left tackle and you yeah. got Dimitri, you put Darius you know, at, at center, Jeremiah Byers. I don't know. Maybe you want to swap somebody else out for Casey Roddick, or are we still sold on Casey Roddick? You know, maybe something changes with Darius being able to perhaps play center. Not that we've seen anything that shows that Maurice won't be able to go this weekend, but maybe the fulcrum of your offensive line, if it's somebody that's a little bit more in better health, seemingly, yeah. maybe that's the spark that you would need at this point. I think Florida, don't aren't they playing two backup tackles? Their center, I think, has been banged up throughout the year too. So at least the guy they went in, into the season with. So yeah, they're they're dealing with it as well. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're all, everybody at this time of year is dealing with it. Yeah. Noel Boyo, too, gentlemen. Do y'all expect the offense to look similar to Brady White era Mike Norvell at Memphis this weekend? Also, do you think the defense runs a similar game plan to the LSU game? Let's go Rooster Maker. Eighteen leave. I believe eight, whatever we're doing with Tate's number and the word believe hashtag. Oh, okay. All right. So it's an 18 believe. And I guess that looks more like a, it no, looks like a, a B like a one in an eight looks like a B. But so does a one in a three, which is, I thought what the, what it, what they were doing because of Jordan you know, trying to believe for Jordan. Yeah. Well, you uh, know, Jordan bequeathed it, I think onto he's like, here, man, you can oh, use good, it. Good. Yeah. Put it. this on your, uh, get some, get some shirts made. Yeah. I think uh, he's actually yeah. helping him out with that. Like legitimately, I think he's selling some like, Rodemaker branded stuff on his on Jordan Travis. Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. That's yeah. that's cool. Um, 
yeah, what, what, hey, what were we just talking Brady about? Brady White off. I mean, this oh, offense yeah. is going to be what it is. I, 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 I meant to ask Norvell this. Uh, maybe when we record this, I had it, but I just, I wonder how much of it is. Will they go to Tate and be like, hey, man, like, what do you like? like this is our offense. We want to do what we do, but what do you like to do? And maybe we so can you heard? Some more did you that. hear? Did you hear Atkins talking about that? I thought that was really interesting on Monday. He was talking about how the things that because he was asked like, what changes for Tate now that he's the starter? What 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 make what is it? How is his week different? And Atkins is like, now he's getting the phone calls. He goes, we'll be up in the office, and we would be up in the office looking at film, looking at practice film or film of the upcoming opponent, and they would call Jordan and say, hey man, what do you think about this play, this play, and this play? What do you like against this look? What, what do you feel comfortable with? What do we run best out of this look? What suits your eye? Whatever. And then he said, now Tate's getting those calls. So I do think Tate has a has a um, input on the game plan. What he feels comfortable with, what he does not feel comfortable with, what he's skittish with, I, that all comes into play, and he gets a chance to uh, give his real input into how they're going to attack this defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of recall on what the Memphis offense looked like with Brady White. Before they could you- run. I, they could run. Yeah, that's the that's the difference. They could run. Yeah, I, I just I feel like again, man, like Jordan was not a gimmick. Like Jordan was a fully functional throwing quarterback, pocket passer kind of guy, man. I mean, listen, he scrambled and, and would do some stuff on the run and improvise, but man, they they ran this like a pro style offense with playmakers, and and they made him, and he sat in the pocket and would scan and read the the the, the progressions and and make the right throws and make the right decisions. They're going to put that same responsibility on Tate. It's just his, you know, whether he can have the the same decision making that Jordan would have. I don't. I don't think there's going to be any kind of, you know, drastic change in what they did. So, um, but I get it. They're, yeah, they, they're, they're two different guys, but at the same time, I mean, this offense is friendly to both of their skill sets. The Gainwell kid ran for fourteen hundred and fifty nine yards uh, in two thousand nineteen. Uh, he also had six hundred ten receiving yards. Holy cow! He had 51 catches for 610 yards. Old Mike Norvell loves his uh, loves his screen game, and Antonio Gibson had 38 for 735 uh, receiving. Who's so, their yeah, second man, they, leading? What was it? Can you see who their second leading rusher was, or at least yeah, what the number so, was? Well, yeah, Gibson had 369. Then they had somebody else with 350, and somebody else with 325. So right there, you're talking about uh, 2,500 yards rushing, not to mention all the other little. So they ran for 2,800 yards in 14 games. So they average 200 yards a game rushing. They have that. That was what they had that this team just doesn't. They just don't have the ability to establish the run and keep the run established. They they just haven't shown that ability. So they could, And you're right. It's a good thing to point out. Jordan Travis, I mean, I don't know how much. I should look that up. Brady White ran for any yards at all that year. But Jordan Travis has barely run for anything. Brady White, well, he ran for minus 71 yards. Uh, yikes. Uh, and so, but Jordan ran for, you know, 180. So it, it, his legs were not a part of this uh, this running attack really at all. So I don't I don't know that it changes much. You you it's not. Le- in fact, I said this earlier in the week. I think I think there's a chance the quarterback keeper could be more of a play for Florida State this week than it has been all season. Hmm. Oddly enough. I, don't, I mean, but you can't lose Tate, though. I mean, we well, like what sure Brock Glenn can. could be. <laughs> sure, you can, man. Well, we just let's go, let's go. You got, you can't play scared. You can't play scared. Tate, don't get down. Deliver the blow. Knock them on their butts. Come on, man.
Uh, Florida State has rushed has rushed for 1,785 yards this season, 4.9 yards per carry, 162 yards per game. So, and I mean, I if and I and I bet I would bet 25 percent, maybe more, maybe 30 percent of those yards came against Southern Miss in North Alabama. Yeah, you know, they, no. they other yard yeah, they probably ran for 500 of those yards uh, in that in those two games and against ACC opponents. They're probably averaging less than 140 yards, so it's just, and I just wouldn't expect them to do it against Florida. There's a lot of home runs. I don't know if last year they had as many home runs as they have this year, which you know, it's, no, they were more of a chain moving yeah. offense last year. You know, they, they 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 just moved chains and they went up and down the field with the running game. That's why they were so good on third down because they had third and short and they could run the ball on third and short, and it just hasn't really manifested this year. Maybe we'll go drop off some vitamin energy plus in the uh, offensive line room. Of the workout plus, maybe the B12 14,000 plus, maybe the mood plus, maybe the focus plus. Whatever Alex Atkins wants, let us know. We'll deliver it to your guys. You folks can get delivered by uh, the post office or maybe UPS or FedEx. Who knows who's out there for us? But VineEnergy.com has got the promo code WarchampBogo, WarchampBogo, B-O-G-O. Maybe Black Friday gift shopping. Get it out of the way. Stocking stuffers. Uh, put one in the break room at the office. Everyone's like, whoa, what are these? And then the next day, wow, that was really awesome. And then you get to take credit for all of it. Yep. And then you can buy one, get one free, keep one for yourself at your desk. It's the world's first and only clinically proven energy shot. VitaminEnergy.com, promo code, again, WarChampBogo, B-O-G-O. Buy one, get one free. 75% of participants in that 14-day clinical trial agreed that they were able to focus and concentrate better after the shot. It's science. Energy with benefits, antioxidants, and nutrients. Vibeenergy.com, shake it, take it. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, back to the questions here, Corey, as we start winding things down on this week. Um, Noel Tickety 11 wake up, fellas. If you could wave a wand, get one guy back to full health, other than Jordan Travis, uh, for Saturday's game, who would it be and why? Go Knowles, and I hope to hear more stories about Aslan and his future wife and dog in New Orleans in about a month. Mm. Amen, Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. I would, uh, Robert Scott. Okay. That's okay. my answer. All right. Not Maurice Smith? No. Okay. I think uh, Darius could do a, a, a acceptable job there. I think Robert Scott is a is a difference maker on that side. If he was fully healthy, is a difference maker. Yeah, I almost want to just be contrarian and say someone else, like maybe Fabian, because I don't. I mean, we tried to get an answer out of him earlier in the week, uh, but you know. I just don't know if he's where he thought he was going to be or hoped to be at, at this point in the year and if it was ever going to come around or uh, or how much that really would change the calculus of where they're at. But, yeah, maybe a, a full, healthy Robert Scott bolsters that entire offensive line enough yeah. uh, to make a significant um, change. Uh, no, no, notice nobody said Renardo Green. Interesting. Curious. Curious. Interesting. I mean, I like Azarie. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, in fact, I'd like Renardo and Azarie on the field together honestly um and that's happened some but yeah I, I mean Azaria you're not that's you're not losing much at all in my opinion with Azaria out there especially 
I mean, Ronaldo's given up a touchdown in three straight games. Just Has he? Simple. Yeah, he gave up one to Pitt in the corner of the end zone. He gave up one to Miami in corner the corner of the, of the end, end zone. zone yeah. And he gave up one to North Alabama in the corner of the end zone. The same exact play three straight times. So uh, as good as he's been this year, as good as he's been the last two years, that's kind of been disappointing that it's been so easy on him. Those three, I mean, North Alabama, come on, man. Turn around and knock, turn around and intercept it. He also did get an interception taken away against North Alabama because Fist jumped off sides. Hmm. Colorado, Noel, uh, which, by the way, he paused the podcast on Monday when uh, Lawyer Joe talked about how great your column was. And then he was like, wow, glad I did that. Now I'm going to go back to listen to the podcast, but great column, Corey. So, oh, thank, thank you, you, Colorado, Noel. I appreciate it. And thank you, Lawyer Joe, again. I'd like to start by wishing you both and everyone listening a very happy Thanksgiving, given the struggles in the running game and the unrealized expectations that we all had for the offensive line heading into the season. Do you think our currently rostered offensive line will be better by next season or will we need to go portal shopping to see that improvement? You know, it's a good question. As we kind of, We're not turning our attention to next season. There's still a whole lot to play for, but as we've talked about, you know, this quarterback position will be up for grabs next season. We're already starting to see that battle. That battle is starting in earnest Saturday night in Gainesville. Um, you know, I, Armella, Early, Estes, like these guys have now been in the system for a while. And I and I think I, – I don't think the best way to build a, domi- a great offensive line is to just portal shop. You can't. I think you have to develop from within. Uh, they talked. Roddick talked about it uh, last week that Lucas Simmons, and that's why I'm not. I'm not divulging anything. I'm not supposed to because Roddick already did it. That Lucas Simmons has been cleared, um, so hopefully he can start getting some work. But I think yes, I, I think that you most of the offensive line next year has to be guys that are on the roster. Um, maybe go get a dude if they're out there. But when you look at the other teams around the country, the good ones. Uh, most of them are not littered with offensive linemen from other schools. Um, you, you've, you've developed these guys for two and three years. They've gotten Atkins coaching for two and three years. They know the scheme because they've been doing it for two or three years. At some point, they've got to play. Hmm. And, I, it, it, you know, I'm not saying that if they can't, that you just let them play anyway because they've been innocent and that it's not a participation ward. Um, you've got to play the guys that give you the best chance to win. But you know, when you look back at the the people that were brought in, how you know how much better would this line, how much worse would this line have been if they didn't bring those guys in? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for like sure. Like it just, it just, it just hasn't been great. It just hasn't been great. Uh, Roddick is an awesome human being. It would appear. I I love the way Jeremiah's Jeremiah Byers celebrates with his teammates. He really does care. He's invested, and he's playing a difficult position against competition he's never seen before, and he's doing okay. Um, Keandre Jones, nice backup. None of these guys have taken off kind of the way you thought they were going to take off, and I think that's the danger of the portal is that, you know, sometimes – and I'm not saying they missed because they all start. And if you get a kid in the portal that starts for you, that's not a miss. They all play. But they're not the – maybe the stars, especially in Byers' case, that we thought they were going to be. Um, so I, I do think that changes the calculus of how you attack the portal next year. You've, re- you've recruited all these guys. You've got a ton of offensive linemen on your roster, many of whom will be back next year, including Byers, perhaps, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I, think you, I think you stick with what you have, 
and hope the development is to the point where you can trust that these guys can go play. That said, if one of these you know badasses from Georgia or Alabama want to go play somewhere else and get a new change of scenery, bring them. Like, I say that the portal isn't a great way to build your offensive line. Well, Miami has a better offensive line than you. Um, a lot of that is because of the center and the kid that came from Alabama. Yeah. Matt Lee, Cohen, and, Cohen. Yeah. Cohen and Matt Lee are very good players, uh, and they came from the portal. So it can be done. It's just also, you know, I want to see these guys get developed. Mm. That's how you build dominant offensive lines is from the high school ranks. You don't portal it together. And I know they felt like they probably had to do it for this year. You know, in the future, let's let's develop these these good high school players you're bringing in and make that your starting offensive line. Great segue to this question. Island Chief, wake up. I was a believer in Jordan at the end of the 2020 season when his play was about all there was a cheer for. Yeah. Hope he heals quickly and completely. Amen. Uh, if Tate goes out there next Saturday and has a great game, or I guess rather this Saturday and next Saturday, is there any chance that television announcers will stop talking about how we are a team of transfers? Because when they say it, it's almost a pejorative. I saw this question beforehand, Corey, and I was thinking, I'm like, well, you know, you got to realize like all your so many of your important pieces are transfers. But then you think about, you know, Washington, their quarterbacks a transfer. I think one of their one of their leading receivers, I think, transferred in Oregon's quarterback is a transfer. Um, you know, there you got Jeremiah Byers because you couldn't get a Jai, a Johnny Cornelius from from Rhode Island. He went to Oregon. He's like he was mm. the best offensive lineman in the portal. So um, it is it is interesting that it's not just Florida State, but I, I don't know what maybe Florida State has. I guess they they've come the furthest. Yes, than correct. those other teams. So that's why it might feel I think like those, pejorative. I think those other schools were kind of plugging a few holes here and there. Uh, Florida State rebuilt a roster with it. But they had to because where they were in 2019 and 2020, they had to rebuild from within. And I can understand how that feels like a pejorative. It's not, man. Like, yeah, Trey Benson was a transfer. You didn't – who who was bidding for Trey Benson? Like, he's a Florida State product. And Johnny Wilson, only Oregon State wanted him. Absolutely. And that's what I'm talking about. Johnny Wilson, Trey Benson – no, not many other schools wanted those guys, and let's not pretend that if they would have stayed at their schools, they would have still blossomed and taken off. Mm. I, to me, they're Florida State products, man. They, they, they got good, and I don't, you know, I don't even count Fabian Lovett. Fabian Lovett's been here five years, right? I don't. And Jarian yeah. Jones, like they don't feel like transfers. I know they are technically, but they don't, they don't feel like transfers. Um, they're, they're Knowles. Uh, they're not one-year rentals. Keon Coleman is a one-year rental. Jared Verse turned out to be a two-year rental. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, it's the, it's not, it can't be a pejorative anymore. And I understand what you're saying because the, sometimes it does feel like a slight, like, ah, they can't develop their own. They just go and get other people's players, but it's 2023. That's what they should be doing. You go get the best players available. Um, and they have killed it in the portal. It's, you know, there's no arguing that the reason they're 11 and 0 is because they've killed it in the portal. Mm. You know, if they would have stood pat like Clemson, they'd be, I don't know, six and five, five and six right now. Maybe. Uh, so, you know, they, they did what they had to do. I do think as they move forward, the plan all along, I thought, was uh, reshape the roster immediately and quickly. Throw numbers at the problem with a lot of portal kids, very good portal kids. And then as you start winning games, you become more appealing to high school recruits. And then look at what they're ranked in the high school rank, recruiting rankings right now. It's all working out. The mm-hmm. the the blueprint the the is is playing out exactly like they wanted. Uh, the trail from 
Just the path. The pathway that they're on is exactly how I think they were planning it out. Get good quickly and then become appealing again to the best players in the state of Florida in the southeast, and that's what they're doing. Teacher Noel, wake up. Back in the beginning of the season, you alluded to a trick play that you saw at practice. Curious, have we seen it in action yet? I think the one we – it was against Boston College. It's not really a trick play. It's not like a double reverse pass or anything. It was the play where I can't – maybe Preston Daniel caught it. Sounds familiar. I hate to, I, it wasn't Morlock. It was either – yeah, it had to be. I think it was Preston Daniel. I was going to say it was one of the white tight ends. <laughs> But Shame. we don't identify Shame. by race on this show. No, but it was, and it was against Boston College, um, and it was the play where Jordan like ran a little bit to the right, baked like he was going to do a pitch to the right, and then dropped straight back and, uh, and, and throws it to a tight end who has been blocking and then escapes into the end zone. So, yeah, they ran that against Boston College. And when they ran it in the preseason, both Aslan and I were like, well, how in the world is anybody going to stop that? Yeah. Yeah. And – Boston College did not. It was wide open for a touchdown. I don't know that they've run it since. Um, but, yeah, it certainly worked when they did run it the first time. And they ran some tight zone stuff and during the practice week this week with Tate that I'm like, that's going to put a lot of stress and strain on a defense with the personnel they have. So mm. maybe we can revisit this in another week as well. Sam Stye, 52, wake up. Do you think Rodney Hill practices better and knows the plays better is the reason he's playing more than Kaziah and CJ? Uh, Rodney is averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Holmes and Campbell have looked better in their limited attempts running the ball than Hill. Thoughts? Go Knowles. Yeah. Yeah, that's been a mystery to me. I, I, I thought Rodney Hill was going to be a bigger factor this season. Um, I thought he was going to be like Treshawn Ward light. Um, and it just hasn't materialized. He's, his biggest plays have been screen grabs. They, screen, screen grabs. <laughs> like you, what you do with your phone. Yeah. Uh, no, screen catches, screen passes. Th those have been his biggest plays. And um, he just hasn't – it just – you know, he's he's been impressive running over folks. He ran over a kid against LSU. He ran over the kid at uh, Pitt. But as far as, like, making people miss – that hasn't been really a part of his game plan, his game so far. And yeah, CJ Campbell's impressive. I think Kazai is impressive. I don't know why uh, Rodney Hill would play more than either of them because they've both been here at least two full seasons. Kazai was here last year, right? Correct. Yeah, he had to yeah. sit out. Yeah. yeah, he had to sit out. So I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't think that's it. I just think they like him more. They think he's maybe more of a big play threat. It just hasn't materialized yet. But hey, there's always Saturday night, Rodney. Mm. Go show him what's up. Few more, and then we got our over unders. I like this question a lot. Random underscore John. Good morning, Azon and Corey. May this weekend find you thankful for a positive result for our Knowles. If you had to choose a backup quarterback star receiver combo in the playoffs, would you choose Marcus Outson and Peter Warwick or no. Tate Rodemaker and Keon Coleman? Well, I, I mean, we've lived the life of the Marcus Outson, Peter Warwick. Peter Warwick had one catch for nine yards or whatever it was. So, no, the other one. Uh, Rodemaker and Keon Coleman. Uh, I was going to maybe try to argue for Rooster and Peter Warwick, but why would I after that? Uh, I mean, yeah, they played Tennessee for the national championship, and Peter Warwick had one catch, which I blame Rick more than I blame Marcus Altson. Like, develop a way for your best player, the best player in the country, by the way, to get the ball more than once in the biggest game of the year. That is preposterous. Uh, Heather, Miss Webb, Silver Chief, wake up. 
Maybe some of y'all have seen some of the social media of Tate Rodemaker showcasing his dance moves in the Florida State locker room and around random Tallahassee gas stations. Mm. Shade throwers. Dodging bullets, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) These Tallahassee gas stations, folks. Stay awake. Stay alert. Head on a swivel. Shade throwers, uh, that's uh, haters, some might say, uh, to the people of my vintage, or just naysayers to people of Mm. your vintage, Corey. Right. Uh, Shade throwers would say he looks like a goofball, a non-serious person who can't lead a team to a national title. I, on the other hand, see a happy, confident young man enjoying his life with zero Fs given. Maybe even a little Jameis-ish type energy? What say you? He's not... um nearly nearly as boisterous i i know where you're going because he does he is a little bit goofy i think he's got some goofy qualities in a in a in a good way um and i think he's a good team and i think he's fun to be around but Jameis, there's no way you would you would see in my opinion you would see tate in the locker room at clemson you know saying my brothers my brothers yeah yeah that's not tate rodemaker but he does in in the goofy it is cool in the sense that like um you know, I, I think it can free him up a little bit. You, you know, you hope he kind of keeps that, that he doesn't put too much pressure on himself because there's already plenty of pressure, um, that he does keep that kind of carefree attitude and just play the game. Like, that doesn't mean he doesn't care. I guess carefree implies that you don't care. He does care, but he's also got, you know, he's got that kind of, you know, it seems to be a little bit of a goofy personality, which isn't a horrible thing. You know, you don't want to be strung too tight. You don't want to be too high strung. That's... Yeah. That's not good ever. So uh, hopefully it's a a good balance between the two. Find your balance. Bet responsibly over at mybookie.ag and use the promo code WARCHANT to get an instant cash deposit bonus 110%. Again, so valuable that they're not even advertising it on the website anywhere. You have to use that promo code. It's our little secret. Mybookie.ag. You can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Sportsbook, futures, live betting, live casino. We already gave you our picks uh, for the upcoming weekend. Uh, maybe throw another one at Corey just for grins, see what his thoughts are on. Um, I think Illinois has got a – I know you're not Mr. Big Ten. I think Illinois has got a, a quarterback now, but they're giving out six at home against Northwestern, who just locked up their coach like a full-time gig. I think they won last week. That's not your lane. What about Virginia hosting Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech getting three in Charlottesville. I think Virginia's found something. I want no, their I quarterback, by the way. If Tate doesn't work out, I want that Calandria kid. You want the freshman kid? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think if they if they got a quarterback, it would be a kid with just one year left. I don't know if they'd go the the, the guy that would because you don't want to scare away other people. No. Um, but yeah, yeah, sure, man. I would still say, I, I just believe in my man Drones. Okay. I think he's gonna do it. He's either they, you know. People might look at that score last week and think, oh, they lost to NC State. But they finished on a 14-0 run, Aslan. So they're going in with a little momentum. All right. And I just think they're going to go in, uh, and they're going to go beat the Cavaliers. So I'm, I'm taking Virginia Tech. There you go. A, a I think bonus you're going to beat them pick. outright. Don't Ooh. need the points. There Don't need the points. Bonus pick. Who loves you, folks? MyBookie.ag. Again, use that promo code WARCHAMP. And if Our- you're smart, you would go against whatever I said, and you're going to make some money.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. All right, Corey, our over-under contest over at WarChant.com for our value subscribers. You can win a $25 gift card to Garnet and Gold. You always get a 10% discount at Garnet and Gold every single day when you're a WarChant.com subscriber slash customer. Uh, our over-under contest, Corey, I'll, I'll let you lay them out. Um, okay. Please. How many do I have? How many do I have? Uh, six? Yeah, that, yeah. If you could all okay. do all six, that'd be great. Uh, okay. I could maybe try to fill one in the, in the meantime. But start us off. What do you think, Corey? Uh, I'm going to go first off, uh, how long is Graham Mertz's senior day ovation? <laughs> oh, no, I won't do that. Uh, let's go with um, first off, com- no, I'm not, well, not going to do combined. Uh, total yards, including punt returns, for Keon Coleman. Okay. 154. Ooh, okay. A hook or no? 154 and a half. My man. My man. Okay. Um, we're going to do uh, total yards total yards receiving for Florida's uh, Ricky Pearsall. Okay. And I'm going to put that at 88. No, I'm not. I'm going to put it at 77. And a hook? No. Straight up 77 oh, on that one. It's going to be 77 and a half because I'm not doing the math on push. Okay, 76 and a half then. 76 and a half. Okay. All right. Next up. Florida State total yards, 431. Okay, I like that. I'm going to put a hook on there. Okay, 43. Uh, I'm just going to add. Okay, that's you add three. the hook to everything, oh, yeah. everyone. That's okay. three. Um, well, 430, do you want 431 and a half or 430 and a half? 431 and a half. Okay, all right. That's Trey three. Benson, Trey Benson rushing yards. Okay. 68 and a half. Ooh, okay, I like that. I like that. I'm thinking we'll go over on that one, but yeah, I like it. All right. What's our What's the Florida's quarterback's name? Max, Max Brown. Brown. Yeah. No e on the end of Brown, by the way. Completions. Okay. Thirteen and a half. Ooh, I like this, Corey. I like it a lot. All right, that's five. One more, big dog. Tatum Bethune. No, we already did him. You got to have some Rodemaker prop in here, man. Yeah, okay. Rodemaker touchdowns accounted for. Okay. Two and a half? Two and a half, yep. Okay. There you go, everybody. I'll figure out the tiebreaker. I'll put it in there. Go to WordChant.com, the Tribal Council. Fill it out. Win a $25 gift card to Garden Gold. But again, you got to be a subscriber, so do take advantage. All right, we're going to go to Gainesville with our show fellow Matt Lasser and hopefully cover a state championship.
And maybe mm-hmm. even Corey will serenade us afterwards during the Vine Energy War Chant rap. Yeah, well, if they win, if they win on Saturday, yeah, you're going to hear Seminole win, folks. Mm-hmm. So get ready. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you had a great week, a uh, great holiday with your family and all that good stuff. Uh, we're going to go and maybe do some of that ourselves now. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thanks for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.